Hello there and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Solomon Ashoms in Johannesburg and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show, we ask whether 2018 was a good one or a bad one for African football. Some strong views coming from Solomon. We have an interview with Nigeria international defender Kenneth Omeruo, who's on loan to Spanish side Leganes. It's Omeruo's seventh loan move away from Chelsea since he joined the Blues in 2012. And he doesn't even think he'll get to play in the English Premier League now. Um, no, no, I think I'm, I'm fulfilling my dream, you know, playing in La Liga is, is amazing, it's different. That's coming up and also Stuart takes a look at how many Africans are playing in England and in France. Uh, let's start though with the CAF Champions League, as we now know the 15 teams that join holders Esperance of Tunisia in the group stage of this compressed quick-fire 2018-2019 edition. Guinean club Horoya staged an amazing comeback to beat Libya's Al Nazar 6-2 in Conakry to take the tie 6-5 on aggregate. Uh, Egypt have the record eight-time winners Al Ahli along with Ismaili in the group stage. For the DR Congo, TP Mazen and AS Vita Club are there. 2017 champions Widad Casablanca of Morocco qualified, but only on away goals after it ended 3-3 on aggregate against Senegalese club Diarraf. Club African of Tunisia qualified along with Ivory Coast Asik Mimosas and uh, little-known clubs from Algeria, JS Saora and Constantine. For South Africa, Orlando Pirates and Mamelodi Sundowns both qualified. Lobby stars of Nigeria just made it on away goals at the expense of Kenya's Gorma here, who are hoping to become the first Kenyan club ever to reach the group stage. And Simba of Tanzania qualified for the group stage for the second time in their history. Here in Zimbabwe, FC Platinum became the fourth Zimbabwean club to qualify for the group stage. Uh, they did it on away goals and knocking out Otoho Doyo of Congo Brazzaville. So the group stage starts on the 11th of January. That's just two weeks away. So it's our last show of 2018 and a big, big thank you to you for your support. Uh, so will this go down as a good year or a bad year for African football? Well, it was a worst ever World Cup for Africa as all five African teams went out at the group stage. Cameroon lost the hosting rights for the 2019 Africa Cup of Nations after a long process of inspections and of rumours one way and the other. As far as individual performers go, Mohamed Salah and Sadio Mane sparkled at Liverpool, although they were the only two Africans to make it onto the 30-man shortlist for the Ballon d'Or. So, Solomon, was this a good year or a bad year for African football? Well, Steve, it has definitely been a bad year for me when it comes to African football and from the issues of Russia 2018, where Africa couldn't get a, a team into uh, the second round or the quarterfinal out of all the five African teams, uh, which for me, definitely, it was a huge setback. We are supposed to be improving. We're supposed to be having and uh, making progress when it comes to the World Cup. But it seems like we're back to square one now. And also there's the issue of uh, stadium stampede in Angola and Madagascar, uh, where football fans lost their lives. Children lost their lives. For me, 
that is definitely a bad taste for African football. One of the lowest points for me. And uh, that shows that when it comes to football management, organization of uh, football games, we still have to learn quite a lot to save lives. And also for the fourth time running, we have a, a host who is prepared to host the uh African tournament now getting changed. You remember in 2013, it was Libya, but then it moved to South Africa. And one time it was Morocco, then it moved to Equatorial Guinea. And the last time again, it was uh, uh, Libya, and then it moved to Gabon. Now Cameroon, where is it moving to Egypt or South Africa? Uh, I think it is really living a bad taste uh, for football fans and also showing that, you know, we need to be able to put our house in order. And then there is also the issue of... Uh, bribery and corruption within football officials we saw the issue of the Ghanaian FA president who was exposed a lot of other football referees in Ghana so all that has really dented the progression of African football and we need to learn from it going into uh, the new year Yes, and that corruption scandal was highlighted by Ghanaian journalist Anas Aramayu Anas and uh, the Ghana Football Association president Kwesi Nyantachi, uh, who you mentioning there, was given a FIFA ban for breaking bribery and corruption rules. He was also vice president of the Confederation of African Football and a member of the FIFA Council. And Nyantachi always claimed the footage had been doctored to falsely incriminate him. Uh, okay, Solomon, so plenty of lows there. Uh, what about the highs? The highs definitely would be the exploits of uh, Mohamed Salah, who really showed what African players are able to do, uh, winning numerous awards, being nominated for FIFA Best Player. And also because Mo Salah is a, is a very humble player. He's not the player who carries a lot of rasmatas, but humble play, player, a family man, a great example. His conduct on the pitch and off the pitch, great example for young players and also uh, football fans and young people to learn from uh, so that that's definitely one of the the, the highlights uh, for me and and if you ask me any other more highlights to be honest i'm not sure i can give you any highlights but if you ask me for three highlights i will say mohammed salah mohammed salah and mohammed salah Yes, so uh, Solomon's verdict, uh, salah aside is that it was not a great year for african football Right there, next here on Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport, we hear from Nigeria international defender Kenneth Omeruo, who featured for Nigeria at the 2018 FIFA World Cup and won the 2013 Nations Cup with the Super Eagles. At a club level, Omeruo is a Chelsea player, but he's never featured for them. Uh, back in August, Omeruo joined Spanish side Leganes on loan. This was his seventh loan move away from Chelsea since he joined the Blues in 2012. So Omeruo is yet to play a competitive game for Chelsea. He has a deal with them up until 2020, and he spent a second spell at Turkish side Kasim Pasa last season. But after a frustrating start to life in Spain due to work permit issues, the 25-year-old has settled and has become a regular with Leganes since making his debut as a substitute in early October. He spoke to Planet Sport Football Africa's Oloashina Okaleji about how the switch to Spain came about and about life in Spain. First of all, you know, I've been playing away from England uh, in Turkey and 
you know, um, every season I always say to my fans that I want to be in a league where they can watch, you know, but it doesn't really happen. And um, But after, thank God for the World Club, I had uh, two um, good games. And so I had more options this season and I chose to, you know, take the option of going to, to play in the La Liga you know, because uh, everyone will watch it. You know, and um, I think that has been a perfect decision for me. Everyone seems to be frustrated about the fact that um, Chelsea keep churning you out on loan, left, right, every time, loan, loan. You've been tagged a loan man, and then people thought you deserve a chance in the Chelsea team. And at the point you got frustrated yourself, you said, I need to make a decision for my career. Yes, um, before the World Cup, you know, I was, I was uh, someone who 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 was fed up like you said you know but the thing is I've always been they haven't restricted me you know like stopping me from going out to play because that's actually what I want I want to go out there and and play every season you know keep fit keeping fit and um I wouldn't you know Chelsea they they're a big team they're a great club and they've helped me a lot you know and um you know I think uh this season for me, I have to focus and try to be a regular and play every game, you know, and then make a permanent move, you know. Um, Leganes has got the option to keep me after the season and uh, I'll be looking forward to, to that option. And you made your debut in a very dramatic fashion. I mean, a lot of people back home in Africa didn't, I mean, in Nigeria and all over Africa, didn't even know that you were still struggling with your work permits. And they thought, oh, Kenneth, how could he be sitting on the bench? How could he be out of the team? Yeah, it, it was uh, difficult, you know. I had a visa that allowed me to travel, but I didn't have a visa to, that allows me to work. So I've been struggling with coming to Lagos and going back, you know, to, to get my work permit. But I have it now, you know, so I can stay and focus, train with the team, you know, I learn the language, everything that you know to I can do to get me ready for the season. And how was your debut? It was great. <laughs> it was great. It came at a time where I was getting frustrated, you know, like I wanted to play, I wanted to start, but you know, it wasn't happening and um then someone was injured and I had uh, the good thing it was in the twenty something minutes, so I had a lot of time to show show what I can do and I'm happy because uh, I want to play against the best players. I want to play in the best leagues to really test myself, you know, to... I believe I'm good, but I want to test myself in the leagues where other good players play. Your focus shifted to international football now. I mean, Nigeria, the last time they played at the African Cup of Nations, you were a huge part of that squad. You won the African Cup of Nations, but you haven't been back there since then. And it looks like a long time already. It is. It is a long time um, because... Believe me, I haven't watched the Nations Club since I actually won it because um, I couldn't I couldn't watch it. We want to play, we want to try to win it again. You know, we owe our fans that they've been behind us and uh, we, we need to do it for them. When you look at the Nigerian team, the youngest at the World Cup, everyone said that. France had a young squad too. They went on to win. Do you think as a player... After watching and reflecting on that tournament again, you think you guys could have done better? Yes, definitely. Um, we could we could do better, especially losing that game when we had the opportunity to to win or 
you know, to have a draw, but, you know, it's football and we we have to learn from it. You know, like the coach said, that we're no longer a young team because uh, we can't have that as an excuse anymore. So we have to learn from that and make sure we don't make mistakes. You look at the Nigerian team set up, you're, you yourself, um, um, Ogeni Onazi from the under-17 to the World Cup proper for Nigeria. I mean, how crucial is, is it for Nigeria to focus on the young players and the young teams that they, they have? Uh, it is crucial because um, I was once the youngest, you know, player in the in the team, and now I'm among the I won't say the oldest one, but the experienced ones, you know. And uh, we have we still have players from that squad that, you know, the likes of uh, Ajagun is a wonderful midfielder. You know, we have players. The thing is, Nigeria, we 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 have so many talents, and it's. It's difficult for the coaches to actually pick, you know, but right now we have good young players in the squad that are doing really good, both for us and in their club sides. And um, it's good that the team is giving them the, the opportunity to, to come. Four years ago in England, you told me your dream would be to play in the Premier League someday. You still about that? Um, no, no, I think uh, I'm, I'm fulfilling my dream, you know, playing in La Liga is, is amazing. It's different, it's different. I've played in the championship, so I've gotten a feel of that, but La Liga is good, you, you know. If I play in Chelsea, yeah, fine, because, you know, it's one of the big teams in the world. It's, they have the highest fan base in, in Nigeria, you know, and... I want to play. I want to play, even if it's just a game. But you know, right now I'm happy. I'm I'm happy with everything. That's Nigeria international defender Kenneth Omeroa speaking to Planet Sport Football Africa's Oloeshina Okaleji. Uh, so he is a Chelsea player, but he's never played for the Blues, and he's had seven loan spells, and uh, he's now with Leganes in Spain and enjoying life there. Well, Stuart Weir joins us from the UK. Uh, Stuart, there is some pressure to end this practice of top clubs making lots of signings and loaning players out in large numbers. If you look at the Chelsea website, you'll find that Chelsea have over 100, yes, 100 players. There's a first-team squad of 28. That in itself seems quite a lot when you think you can only use 11 players and three subs in any game. As well as that, there's the development squad, the 17 to 19-year-old group, and 40 of them, plus a staggering 40 players out on loan. Yes, you heard me right, 40 players out on loan. The Chelsea goalkeeper is Kepa, the world's most expensive keeper, when he was signed in the summer to replace uh, Theobald Courtois, who left for Real Madrid. Kepa wears the number one shirt. But as well as Kepa, Chelsea have in their first-team squad... Uh, Willie Caballero, number 13. He's 37 and has spent the last five years earning good money as the Manchester City and Chelsea second keeper. So far this season, he's played two League Cup ties and a Europa League game. In the summer, Chelsea signed Robert Green, who was the England goalkeeper in the 2010 World Cup. Now, 38, Green, like four other goalkeepers listed, has yet to play a game in any competition. Oh, and there's Brad Collins on loan to Burton Albion, and I haven't mentioned the youth goalkeepers, 14 in total. We heard from Kenneth Ameriwo. Now, he and Thomas Callas from the Czech Republic 
between them have 58 international caps. They've also had 13 different loan moves and four appearances between them for Chelsea. Callas has been Chelsea player for eight years, Ameru for seven. But now FIFA has informed clubs that they will be restricted to between six and eight loans per season from the start of the season 2021. And this will radically change the way that clubs operate. They will no longer be able to get 40 young players under contract, loan them out to other clubs and hope that a few of them will develop into Premier League players. Critics will point to players like Harry Kane, Jesse Lingard, Jordan Pickford, Ruben Loftus-Cheek as good examples of players whose careers benefited from loan spells. That said, I still think it's pretty difficult to justify having 14 goalkeepers or keeping a player for eight years constantly on loan. Well, so Chelsea have an incredible 14 goalkeepers on their books. So we'll see if those changes are made by FIFA. Thanks, Stuart. Uh, Later on in the show, Stuart takes us through the African players who are featuring in England and in France. This is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. And you can download our app and listen to the show anytime and access past programmes in our archive. To download, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. You can listen on our New Look website, that's planetsport.tv. And our other shows are there too, that's Planet Sport and the Planet Sport Rugby podcast, plus interviews with various sports stars, including Ghana's Christian Achu. And in the About Us section, there are pictures and profiles of all of the Planet Sport Football Africa team, so you can find out more about all of us there. That's on our new look website, planetsport.tv. Well, as we're at the end of 2018, we're going again to our archive and listening again to an interview with one of the big-name players that we had on the show. We spoke to Cameroon right-back Collins Fai earlier this year. Uh, Fai was a key member of the Cameroon team that won the Africa Cup of Nations last year. And having won the Nations Cup, they then played poorly at the Confederation Cup and then failed to qualify for this year's FIFA World Cup. Well, Fai is 26. He plays in Belgium for Standard Liège and before that was with Dinamo Bucharest in Romania. Planet Sport Football Africa's Liam Flint spoke to Fai on Skype and first asked how Cameroon managed to win the Nations Cup last year when very few thought that they could do it as many senior players had stayed away, leaving a young and inexperienced squad. For us, we didn't go into the African Nations Cup. Well, the objective was just to get through the first stage of the tournament because it's, uh, it was a very long time uh, Cameroon didn't go through the, the, the group stage. So the first objective was to go through the group stage. We didn't have any known, so much known player or star. We're just going there like to prove ourselves. Like sixty percent of us were. That was our first major tournament with the country, and we had this opportunity to play. And from the beginning, we didn't talk, we didn't think about winning the the African Nations Cup. We didn't think about going to the finals. After the first game, after the second game, we went to the second round, and after winning Senegal, that's when we like okay. We can we can do something. We can do this. We don't have anything to lose. We can let's just go and play. Let's just have fun and enjoy the game like we are doing. Let's just fight like everybody's doing. But for sure, it's uh, it's more than what human being. It's more than what everybody can think. It's I think it's just a, a blessing because we didn't have a team that could compete for the for the trophy. 
And Collins, where do you go from there? When you've won that tournament, AFCON, at such a young age, that's what a lot of African players dream of doing. You've done it already. So what's your big dream now? Do you want to win it again? Uh, I think it's uh, for the national team. I hope and I wish maybe win the next one again. But uh, I think the next dream for me in the national team is to get to the World Cup. Yeah, like you were saying, that was that must have been such a high with the AFCON. To then not make it to the World Cup, what do you think went wrong there? I think uh, the spirit we had before going to the African Nations Cup, we lost it. That feeling, that that uh, fighting spirit, we didn't, we didn't continue. We didn't continue the same spirit after the African Nations Cup. And it cost us a lot. And Collins, away from the pitch, I know you're very open about your Christian faith. Why is that so important to you as a footballer? The way, the way I got to to Europe and the way I started playing professional football, it's some. It's just it's a little story of uh, the more I go forward, the more reasons I see why it's important, why some things happen, uh, and I and I believe I don't merit all these things, but I have them, which is something uh, I really believe God. It's the it's the will of God for me. How much of what happens out on the pitch is because of your faith. Exactly, exactly. I think, uh, first of all, the talent is from God. The way I think like a human being or the way people think or the people that thought would help me like human beings, they didn't. So I don't, just God that helped me. I don't know if a human being or somebody, I think uh, they, they go together. So where where did your faith come from? For my, for my parents. When I met this, uh, this brother, Enoe Young, it's somebody, it's somebody I've been looking on to ever since I was still in Cameroon. He used to play for the national team also. And he was a role model for us with the, with his way of life, football and out of football. So I had this opportunity to play with him here in Standard. And he he got me more closer to, to God and made me understand the things that I, I really didn't understand very well. And I think uh, from him, I became more closer to, to God than I was before. That's Collins Fye, who plays for Cameroon and for Standard Liège in Belgium on his football and his faith, talking there to Planet Sport Football Africa's Liam Flint earlier on this year. To the English Premier League, and who would have thought that Manchester City would lose two games in a row? Well, that was the case, of course, and uh, now Liverpool are six points clear at the top, with Tottenham in second and Man City in third. Uh, But Liverpool play Arsenal on Saturday and then take on Manchester City on Thursday, Uh, so the Reds need to navigate those fixtures before they can feel that they're in a comfortable position. What a great start for Manchester United manager Ole Gunnar Solskjaer with the two wins out of two. Could even make it four out of four as the Red Devils play at home to Bournemouth and then away to Newcastle. Tottenham have been banging in the goals. They play at home to Wolves on Saturday, then away to Cardiff on Tuesday. Manager Mauricio Pochettino saying that Liverpool and Man City are the two contenders for the title, not his Tottenham. But they beat Everton 6-2 and Bournemouth 5-0 and continue to impress to Spurs. Very disturbing story in Italy as Inter Milan will play two home league games behind closed doors 
following the alleged racist abuse of Napoli defender Khalidou Koulibaly on Wednesday. Koulibaly, of course, a Senegal international. Uh, now, Napoli boss Carlo Ancelotti said he asked for the match to be suspended on three occasions and that Senegal's Koulibaly was targeted in the 1-0 defeat. Inter are deciding whether to appeal. Uh, one fan who was with a group of Inter Milan supporters died after being knocked down by a van amid violence before the match in Milan. Uh, four Napoli supporters were hurt. One was stabbed, police said. Uh, now, on the pitch, a last-minute goal gave Inter a 1-0 victory after Koulibaly had been sent off in the 80th minute for picking up two yellow cards in the space of a few seconds. And the mayor of Milan apologised to Koulibaly for what happened there in the stadium. So we'll see uh, what happens with that story. Well, now to Africans playing in Europe and elsewhere outside of the continent. And Stuart's taken a look at the African presence in the top leagues around the world. Today he focuses on England and France. A survey of 20 of the major leagues in Europe reveals that there are over 700 African players contracted to clubs in the top division of those 20 countries. The players include 96 Nigerians, 86 from Senegal, 77 from Ghana, more than 50 from Cote d'Ivoire and Cameroon. But there's a total of 30 countries that are represented including eight countries like Burundi, Liberia, Eritrea, with just one player in those top 20 leagues. One statistic which surprised me, Steve, is that there are only nine South Africans in these top European leagues. And yes, I did notice that there are three Zimbabweans. As far as European countries go, France has the most with 112 Africans, followed by Belgium with 91 and Turkey, 72 The English Premier League has 42 African players, and as far as other major leagues go, there's 53 in Italy, 27 in Spain, and 20 in Germany. But the distribution reveals some interesting facts. We noted that there are more Nigerians in Europe than any other country. In Norway, there are 33 African players, and half of them are Nigerian. So fascinating that Nigerians seem to like Norway. And on the other hand, there's only one Nigerian in France or Germany. Looking at the Premier League, the 42 players are from 15 different countries. Seven Nigerians, six from Senegal, five from Cote d'Ivoire, and only Burnley among the 20 Premier League clubs do not have an African player. Where they're most common is Leicester City, Crystal Palace and Fulham, each with five Africans. Now, Liverpool have four, and arguably Liverpool are the team most influenced with Africans at the core. Joel Matip, Cameroon in defence, Mo Salah, Egypt, Sadio Mani, Senegal in the strike force, and this year's new signing, Naby Keita from Guinea, playing regularly in midfield. Aside from the Liverpool quartet, I would probably pick out the two most influential Africans as Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang who's already into double figures in league goals before Christmas. And Riyad Mahrez, Algeria, has had an important part in Manchester City's successes in both the league and the Champions League this season. But again, as we did say at the beginning of the season, given the strength of the Manchester City squad, Mahrez may be a key player, but he still has to accept he will start a number of games on the bench. Players who've had a struggle this season would include Victor Moses, who frankly has lost his place in the Chelsea team because Mauricio Sarri has changed the formation 
and the wing-back position that he featured in last season no longer exists. Similarly, Eric Baye, and again Victor Wanyama, who had 35 starts in his first season with Tottenham, has only had one this season. There are 112 Africans in France from 25 different countries. Not surprisingly, most of these are from French-speaking countries. 18 from Senegal, 13 from Côte d'Ivoire, 10 each from Mali and Cameroon. And all 20 League One teams in France have at least one African player. And Caen in the north of France have 11 Africans on their books. There are eight clubs with seven or more Africans. And going back to Caen, not only have they 11 African players, but it's 11 African players from 11 different countries. Must be quite a cosmopolitan dressing room they've got. Another interesting thing I noticed is that of these 112 Africans playing in France, 36 were actually born in France, but have chosen to represent an African country, presumably because of a family connection. And again, it's a widespread with these 36 players representing 17 different African countries. And one African player that I want to mention playing in France is Suleiman Camara, a Senegal player uh, at Montpellier. He must be one of the most long-serving, having played over 360 games for Montpellier. So, That's the situation in France and in England. And in coming weeks, we'll have a look at some of the other European countries and see where African players have made a big contribution as well. Well, thanks, Stuart. Uh, Looking forward to that. Uh, Interesting stuff there. Well, that's it for the show, our last of 2018. So wishing you all the best for 2019. Thanks again for your support and for being with us. Uh, From me, Steve Vickers in Harare, from Solomon Ashams in South Africa, and from Stuart Weir in the UK, thanks so much for listening. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.